Tabletop Dragons Gaming Podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Tabletop Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's taste. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of taste of dragons the toddcast the video game podcast that all you russian royalty on the run listen to and this week it's the last bonus episode y'all got one more in the chamber is that a gun reference that was wow look at me getting <laughs> my texas cool getting my texas on that's right <laughs> Goodness. i thought about it i was like chamber like like what kind of chamber? Like a chamber of secrets? A like chamber a chamber of Congress? No, like right, a chamber of Congress? No, we we talking guns, y'all. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. We that's shooty the, shooty up in here. That's just the phrase that came out. This is where I am right now on the end of this our is. summer. Yeah, you look like you're on vacation today, sir. I am wearing the bluest Hawaiian shirt. I've gotten deep into Hawaiian shirts this summer, man. That makes sense. Like I found one that fit me really well. Mm-hmm. at like a Macy's and I didn't even see it. My wife saw it and then I picked it up and I was like, oh, I was going to get pants, but pants are too expensive. But I got this shirt because I don't want to leave empty handed because consumerism can't leave without buying something. <laughs> I wore the shirt for two weeks and got nothing but compliments. And then, and I also felt good. Like it's not just about other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just went and just found as many shirts like that <laughs> <laughs> and started just buying them and ordering them. And it has been an avalanche of Hawaiian shirts. Nice. Um, anyway, that's me. That's been my summer. That's been my bonus summer. It's not a bad bonus summer. That's no. pretty great. And you've been looking fantastic, sir. God damn it. Thank you. Thank you. I feel good. You're welcome. Festive AF. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. And I am Joe. And it is just the three of us this week. Just the three of us. Do, 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 do. Um, three is company. I'm trying to think of all the three references. Uh, one, two, three. Go ahead and come with me. Easy as one, one two, three. One, two, three. Yep, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Three amigos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to be little Nettie Needlelander. What? I think you would be From little three Nettie. amigos. Yeah. I if we had to be... choose amigos to be, I want to yep. be Nettie Needlelander. T- to be honest, I've always heard of that. I've ridden the ride at Disney World. I didn't watch that movie until Disney Plus came out. And it was like one of the first things I watched when Disney Plus dropped. I was like, finally, I can watch Three Amigos because where else was I going to watch it? I don't know. People are big fans of it, but I don't find it a lot of places to borrow it Uh or whatever. And I watched it and I really enjoyed it until it got kind of boring. And then I fell asleep. There's like a very lovely part in that movie where it's like, like, it's just sweeping like... uh, um, is it while the people are this sewing? Does. Yeah. It's just before that, right? It's beautiful. Uh-huh. I was just not awake enough <laughs> to, <laughs> to to get myself through it. Uh, I had a very peaceful sleep, yeah. I got to say. Uh, Joe, you would definitely be little Ned Niederlander because yes. you Which would one absolutely shoot the Invisible Man. I would shoot the Invisible Man. Is that the green one? No, no, that's the guy that's uh, the, the Martin the red Short. One. No, no, no. You're thinking of you're thinking of the wrong three caballeros. You're thinking of the three oh, caballeros. No. Oh, take back everything I said and wait, apply it. As wait, he was I going on, uh, as he was going on, I was like, oh, he's talking about the three caballeros. I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Right? How dare you? I love this. How yes, I'd be the green you? one. You were so confident, Troy. I couldn't stop it. We can't it. take you that from you. We can't. Oh my god, I feel like such a fool. Not at all. Because no, you're like, I I rode the ride, and I was like, there was a ride. Oh. no. No. Yeah, you know. Well, oh, I just thought I wasn't cool enough to have ridden a ride. I was like, damn, yeah. I missed a ride for that. You movie? haven't gone on three amigos ride, Ch- Chevy Chase. It's really good. Yeah, El Wapo's like there. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Uh, there is a plethora of, of cues. Plethora. <laughs> right. I'm like, Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, it's probably on Disney Plus. In reality, I mean, I, mean, I, was, I was just is. believing I mean, you. I was like, fine. he's probably right. <laughs> we have it on DVD All and we right. watch it like once a year. But I'll, like, I could just probably find it on Disney Plus at this point. I'll take those lumps. Troy's got to go back to, to film school. to <laughs> All films to start with three school. <laughs> hey, but you got another three. Even Triple X is on, in that school. So I've I have never to, seen any of those and I'm told they're great. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, they're exactly. Yeah, they're they're actually they're, they're exactly. Yeah. They're, they're like Fast and the Furious, but you know, before it went full Fast and the yeah. Furious. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, it's worth it. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, but y'all, I do have a question for you. Uh, hit me with some question, man. All right. So we kind of already went through a whole bunch of lists of it, and I had this question beforehand. So, what is your favorite thing that involves the number three? <laughs> I know we had Gosh, already I, went through it. I, I like spoiled this. I I'm was sorry, trying Brian. to think of a different know. question this entire time. <laughs> I had nothing, so I was like, "Well, I'm just going to go with what I uh, what I started with." Oh my bad. I'm no, no sabotage worries. Sabotage of this. No worries. So, so the question is, uh, favorite things that are titled, or just have you know, there are three as a major component of it. Okay. Um, you know, anything that with a three in it. All right, I'm just going to say it. I hate the number three. Okay. Like, I hate Wait, it. Wait, excuse me? Because it's one away from my favorite number, so it's like waiting for my favorite number to happen, and I, it never happens, because if you stop at three, no four happens. Four is my favorite number, so I hate the so number you three. you hate three? Bitter first hatred. All, I didn't know that you... I, I love the fact that I've learned today that you can hate numbers. You can hate numbers. And I'm for that. I, that makes sense. I, I get it. Uh, but you, you hate three. But but the thing is, you need three to get to four. So I agree. so how can you hate it? Because without it, you don't get four. You know how often people stop at three? They never even do four. They don't That's even true. get to four. I, when we do our thirty seconds of silence, so that I can get a clean swipe for the the noise reduction process in this podcast, we say one, two, three. We never go to four. You never go to four. Yeah. It's just sad. When you make trilogies, I mean, right? It's very popular to make right? trilogies, not quadrilogies exactly right? it happens a lot oh it, it does. does but then they but turn the... into two separate trilogies usually they make six movies at that point so yeah. that's three and three or really it's just a third movie broken into two movies right. so it's oh. not even considered yeah. boom like four it's actually four movies but it's not Gosh. right the number four gets no love so brian i reject your question <laughs> you know what? i'm and i'm going to substitute my own you want to know why please because do. you like the three musketeers Oh, I do really. Not only do you like the Three Musketeers, the Three Musketeers is also four of them. I was going to say, there's four of them. That's why it's so great. That seems like another reason for you to dislike three. It does. Because they can't even count them. But I really love the Three Musketeers. (laughs) It's okay. She loves the Three Musketeers. Yeah, I really do. (laughs) Especially that new movie that they made with Mads Mikkelsen and Orlando Bloom. The closest thing to the book, which is sad and weird to say out loud when you look at the trailer for that movie. Please, podcast listeners, take a moment. Go watch the trailer for that movie. It's terrible. The trailer's bad. The movie's bad, but in reality, I had a great time because so much of what was in that movie actually happens in the books, and they treat the characters like they were in the books, as opposed to all the fluffy Three Musketeers stories that are about like family and friendship and like all for one and one for all. That's not what the Three Musketeers was about, y'all. <laughs> I remember liking that movie. I remember yeah. seeing it in theaters. It was Men fun. and I walked out of that movie going, "I can't believe they did Milady. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that happened." I mean, oh. there was some there was some crap they changed, obviously, because oh, you're not going to put like 800 page book into like two hours with no, you know, it's not oh, going to happen. Sp- speaking of Mana, she can't make it to this week's podcast. We she would you. love to be chiming in on this <laughs> Three oh. Musketeers talk because, like, 
I can only go so far. I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't read those books. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read any really French novels of that vein. I can't. I mean, there's swords. I like swords. Hey, swords hey. are great. <laughs> Dumas is and my and I like mustaches. Writer, they so. got pretty nice mustaches. Ooh, Dumas. Yeah, yeah right. he is. He is. He's where it's at. Mm-hmm. I believe it is hers as well because we have the same favorite book. I think. The yeah, Count of Monte Cristo. That is yep. correct. That is correct. That is. So yeah, you. Three Musketeers. Fine, Brian. I. I appreciate that you know that. I it do. It's a great movie. <laughs> I like all incarnations of The Three Musketeers, by the way, not you just do. that one. It uh, kind of doesn't matter to me. I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. D'Artagnan is awesome. I don't know if this movie has held up at all, but it does have a special place in my nostalgic heart. Okay. Uh, and it's Three Ninjas. Um, from when I was a kid, those movies, I don't even think were thought about after 1996. But for me, as a kid, I was probably six or something when I started seeing Three Ninjas, and they were everything I wanted to be. <laughs> they were all a-holes. Uh-huh. They were all learning karate. And I, there was a thing in the 90s that was all about having attitude. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. But I was in it to win it Yeah, so hard back then. <laughs> and I remember seeing Three Ninjas. I think the, I, I think the premise is they're like getting babysat, and then they're doing – and then someone tries to infiltrate. I don't even remember – but I do remember that I was just a little craphead to my parents <laughs> the two weeks after watching that movie. Uh-huh. Hey, but, their grandfather you know. taught them. Is that what happens? Yeah, their grandfather is the one that teaches them the stuff because he he himself is a, I think it's karate uh, master. And so he's the one that's been like teaching them, but like on the down low. Is that what their parents don't find out if I remember correctly? I have no idea because I've actually never seen these movies, but we had friends that made comments about them forever and made jokes really? about it. Oh, yeah. Truth be told, I have no idea what any happens in any of oh, these Oh, no. Movies. that's I'm more surprised that people were referencing them so much. All <laughs> the time. Oh, yeah. I, like, I can't remember the name of, like, I think there was uh, a tall. Tom, there we go. There's Tom Tom. There was a name of a, a tall, like, I guess the taller, the bigger kid okay. out of the three of them. And Tom yeah, Tom. That's his name. Okay. We had a friend that continuously talked about that character and how great that character was. Really? And I'm like, I was always like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh huh. I just never told him. I'd have never seen the movie, so I was like, "Yeah, sure, Sometime. whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it. It was a time. Karate Kid was real big. There were a lot of movies trying to take, and and all, and it, it led to the boom, the boon of the boom, boon or boom, of uh, karate being taught in America to yeah. a bunch of American kids. And I was in that too. I was in karate, goju karate. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool thing to do as a third grader. Yeah. Uh, so seeing a movie that was like speaking to me directly <laughs> was a big deal. Um, yeah. And I think it had a sequel, Three Ninjas Kick Back, uh, which I, I also could not tell you what was in that movie. But given the title, sure, you could just figure it out. <laughs> Those two movies blend into one for me because I remember specific scenes. I don't remember the Do plot because there's really not that much plot. No. But. I remember specific scenes, and I'm pretty sure I have intermixed the two, and I don't <laughs> sure. know which ones is which. <laughs> I don't think they know which one is which. No, I don't they think probably so use footage from the first movie for the second one. Yeah. Oh, probably. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> uh, part of me wants to go back and see if I would still enjoy those movies, but another part of me is like, mm, just let it, let that be where it was, sir. Yeah. Just. It was a good time for you back then. Just let it, let it, let, let it, it go. Let a it. lot of movies from the '90s are like that. Oh you yeah. Go back and watch them. And be like, ooh. Ooh. No, thank you. It's a little ooh. cringy. So it's yeah. Maybe maybe leave that in the memory memoryscape. It's good. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for myself, it's actually Final Fantasy three, but I mean the American one. 
which means it's Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VI. Right, because that's <laughs> when Brian learned out about convoluted marketing. That is absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> that was It's one of my favorite things because, yeah, it's one of those, okay, great, this is the third Final Fantasy. I'm really enjoying this. This is a great little story. My little mind didn't really understand all the story beats to it. Mm-hmm. It didn't understand a lot of things, but it was really cool. You got mm-hmm. to like f- flash forward in time. Mm-hmm. You had to refind all your friends. All this stuff is happening. And then I remember Final Fantasy VII came out, and I was like, what? Where's uh six? What? Where's where's five and six? Where where is four, five, where's, and six? Where's four, five, and six? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? And then I just didn't like even look into it. I was just like, whatever. Seven it is. And then loved seven. And then it wasn't until later where I realized, oh, they released a two, a three, and a five. And I never played any of those. Only in Japan. Only in Japan. And then what was it? They they tried to sell it to America, but American the American division of Square, the developer was like, oh, people won't understand if it doesn't have the right number. So they just changed the number to, to two and three yep. to make it seem like. Yeah, because oh, they just gosh. never ported over two and three. Right. So then when the Final actu- Fantasy the actual four, two or threes. Yeah, the two or threes. And then when Final Fantasy four came out, they're like, all right, we're going to port this one because it's the first one for the Super Nintendo. But we'll call uh, it but we're going to call it two because we've never had another <laughs> one. Like, people would remember Final Fantasy 1, you know, like, really? Uh, so they did that, and then they never brought over 5, and then when 6 blew up in Japan, they're like, all right, we're going to bring this one over. We're going to call it 3, though, because <laughs> we never reported. Like, it was so, so and then, amazing. And then, it was, and then, yeah, and then I guess we grew up as gamers, because by the time Final Fantasy 7 came out, the PlayStation was here, and I think they were finally just like, we can't hide them in, we can't hide yeah, anymore. Yeah, we can't do it. Yeah. We have to tell the truth. <laughs> we can't let this be Final Fantasy 4. Yeah. <laughs> Because seven actually plays this number seven plays a, a pretty big deal in there. There's a whole lot of sevens. They play around with. Yeah, it. that's true. There's a character named seven. No, uh, no, red thirteen. All oh, right, but if you subtract, if you subtract six, <laughs> you get seven. I mean, that's just how it goes. If you add it together, it equals a four. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wait. Boom. What? No. Get, 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 it's not the four. It's the three saying, podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just well, saying. if you subtract <laughs> all the previous Final Fantasies that came out here, three, two, and one, that adds up to six, and there you go. That's seven. We have boom, just boom. created a Final Fantasy story. We did. This the is convolutedness. probably less convoluted than whatever the meeting was to name <laughs> yeah, probably. them in America was <laughs> in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, that's why that's I loved cool. it. That's why I love Final Fantasy 3 because it taught me like, oh, they just didn't port a lot of things over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I only discovered Final Fantasy with the seventh one. Okay. And then after I, I got through that and the internet was around, I just started getting music from all the f- other Final Fantasies. Gotcha. So I, I luckily was able to save myself. It was a little confusing uh-huh. because I would try to get music from Final Fantasy VI and then it would come up three. And I'm like, no, <laughs> Final Fantasy VI. I was trying to get them in order. Yeah. And I did not understand why there was a difference for a long time. I was in high school. Yeah. Um, But I did one day. And then I was like, that's weird. <laughs> oh, well. I'll move on. Oh, well. Oh, well. Let's get into the podcast this week. So, this week's bonus episode, as we teased last week, was going to be All Dragons, right? Oops, All Dragons. Oops, All Dragons. Oops, All Dragons. And then there was only three of us this week, and we were like, huh, you know, we could probably do a little mini episode this week, as well as having our three dragons still. Love it. It's exciting. Yeah. So, that's what we're going to do. So, uh, so this week, uh, we're going to start off with uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. What are you playing? Oh, thank you for asking, Brian. You're welcome. Um, a new game came out this week called Psychonauts 2. It is made by Double Fine Productions, which is one of my favorite developers of all time. 
Um, this is a it is a action, uh, jumpy, platformy, fighty, shooty game. Oh, that, that's, <laughs> that's a perfect the- example. That's 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 a perfect <laughs> description of Psychonauts. <laughs> from, it's uh from the third person, and uh, and it's it all I can. It's such a delightful, um, uh, journey through the ends of people's imaginations. <laughs> Um, the premise of these of this game, it's the second in its line, is pretty much you play as a young kid named Raz who has psychic abilities, and and he's being taught at a summer camp uh, how to use those psychic abilities. That includes lifting things up from the ground with his mind. That includes just literally making like a projection of his hand to karate chop <laughs> enemies. That means lighting things on fire, you know. And he does it all with his mind, and he trains to do it responsibly. Yeah. It's, whole... it's, it's kind of like an X-Men, but just for psychics. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And a bunch of other kids at this camp can do it. Mm-hmm. And then a whole mystery unfolds, and it's a, ve- it's a very spy-driven narrative, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But the hook with this game revolves around the ability to enter people's minds and play them, play inside of them, like they are a level, uh, mm-hmm. like a game level, like a Mario world or whatever it may be. And that world is based on that person's psych. Whether they had fears or ambitions, it's all manifested in a game level mm-hmm. in a way that I would just do injustice to try to to uh, explain correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but your imagination can take over to just think about what someone who's dealing with imposter syndrome might be going through inside their mind and and how they they that might manifest itself in a in a visual way. It's spectacular. Um, the first game, Psychonauts 1, came out, I don't know, was it like 2008 or I don't know, five, and uh, was a sleeper hit, didn't get that much coverage right out the gate. Double Fine, their productions tend to be very imaginative. They lead with their imagine with their imagination, and then if you're if you get it, you get it. If you don't, I, like you'll get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was critically raved the first yes. one. It just didn't sell that well. At first. At first. And yes. then it became kind of a cult hit and people started really understanding just how deep this game went into the human mind and psychology mm-hmm. and and it it just it became a phenomenon and is regarded as I, one of the best games like in of all time period you know that's just it's on somewhere on one of those lists. <laughs> it's on the board. It's on, a it's lot on of the them. board. It's on yeah. the board. And that's great, but because it wasn't necessarily a huge financial boon for them at the time, they never they didn't make a sequel. They didn't they no. didn't go down this train any further until no, and, and it didn't do that well. Uh, so much so that they actually had to kickstart their next game. I think it was either the next game or the game after that one uh, yeah. when they did break uh, Broken Age. I, I think I think the next game after that was Brutal Legend. Ah, that's right. That's which right. was the heavy metal adventure game, where and you that was the same the type of thing. It and just didn't sell that well. Super imaginative, super unique. Uh, did not do well, no. and that broke that broke Double Fine Productions financially, and they they had to crowdsource their next game, and yep. they had to kind of vow to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. Double Fine is led by Tim Schafer, who was Amanda's uh, Dragon of the Week one of these weeks of the past, uh, uh, just amazing visionary. Yeah, and he's most known for making point and click adventures uh, from the '90s, your Monkey Island games, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, which I think is probably the perfect adventure game ever made, point and click adventure game. Yeah. Um, and um, they decided to go back to making games like that. Yeah. And reinvent themselves with smaller puzzle type games, and they did that successfully. Oh yeah. Fast forward to now, they've done well making smaller uh, puzzle games, 
now they're like we want to make a big game again <laughs> yeah we, we want to make a big game and you know we want to we want another go at this because yeah. uh, you guys you guys really enjoyed it you guys just didn't buy it to begin with and and there's no better idea to come back into the the 3d platforming realm than to do it with psychonauts which is such oh, yeah. a beloved entity at this point in time that they went to to, to not they didn't use kickstarter they used fig but they crowdsourced it on fig mm-hmm. and amanda and i were the first or some of the first people to to throw money onto that game because it was so influential in how i saw games after i played the, the original psychonauts oh, that's awesome so um, we backed it, I don't know how many years ago, maybe four years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it probably was at least. We were still living at our old apartment. Like <laughs> we were, I, I, I had money. <laughs> Remember those days? I wasn't a homeowner. <laughs> I wasn't a homeowner. There wasn't a pandemic. I was just able to give money to people to like make things. Yeah, it was like, great. <laughs> you were like one of those rich people in like the 1400s where you like you have an artist just for you. You're like, yeah, here you go. You, Here's some money. You call it a what? A catapult? <laughs> no, fine. I'll back it up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's give okay. him, give him what he wants. It launches people. No. Mm, look into that. Change that. <laughs> just just paint a picture of me as well while you're at it, please. Put, can you put my face on it, please? Paint my face on it. Yes. Uh, so we we threw in some money to have this game get made, and they've been sending us updates every month or so. And uh, I purposely haven't been watching the development. It's been really nice being a backer for this game. Yeah. Pretty much, they would they showed you everything from the initial meetings to what the game's going to be about mm-hmm. to the designs the the concept designs the level designs the the story they pretty much took you along you were part of the crew i'm one of those uh, dumb people who want to know as little as possible before playing a game so i pretty much just got this email that i regrettably didn't read i archived him and i hope if I have enough time that uh, after I finish playing this game, I'll go back uh-huh. and read him as like, you know, special feature type, you know, documentary type stuff. Yeah. But it sounds like it was a really good journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, the glimpses I got. sounds like the development yeah, yeah, yeah. was a wonderful process. <laughs> it's very funny because I do the exact same thing. Oh, I really? love I love kickstarting things. I love backing things that I, you know, I want to put my money towards. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, here's my money. You know, go make your thing. And then I'll follow like the first like six months to a year until they're like, all right, here's some of the story beats. Well, there's a head. I was like, well, I'm not reading anything else until this game comes yeah. out. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy you're having those conversations, but I want I want to see it in the game. Yeah. And um, I am not like you guys at all. The nope. more spoilers I can get, the better, because I get more and more excited to play yeah. and hit that point where because I don't know what the context is. And it's like, I see this great thing or I hear about this awesome piece of the story. And it's like, I want to know how I got there. Yeah. Like for me, it's completely the opposite. I am like, throw spoilers at me. I love all of them. It'll, and then I think literally only twice in my entire life has a spoiler actually damaged the enjoyableness I had watching or actually it's just watching. Mm-hmm. It was never with a video game. Yeah, not once. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think what you gain from 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 doing that and getting that information is that context. Like the idea that I could play this game and then like know what the developer did to make this yeah. like level work. Yeah, like that would be an entirely amazing different experience I would be getting to play it. And I think if I was the type of person that played games twice, I would be able to get both. I could play it without knowing yeah. anything, get that get my own mm-hmm. my own feeling, and then play it again after seeing all the stuff to get that context. I'm not that person. <laughs> I don't know if anybody is like to play uh-huh. a game to every game twice and but doing research in the middle. That's awesome. If you do let us know, please let us <laughs> contact us. You may get hired. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think those, that's a, that's a really cool way to, 
to experience uh, anything really even even movies i think mm-hmm. if, if you get a lot of information about it but how is the game so far for you it's uh, it's living up to every expectation i had mm-hmm. um i i wanted more of that original game and 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 that means i wanted i wanted really colorful gameplay i wanted something that was going to be really upbeat and positive i wanted something that was going to challenge me on a um artistic level okay like and that happens very rarely for me where i can look at like a painting or a movie and be like this is amazing i don't know what you're doing and i'm uncomfortable but i'm enjoying it like that is it it does that in the first level and that's awesome i'll spoil it for you all because it's the first level that's fine but as i mentioned this game is about going into the minds of different people and Mm -hmm. seeing how it how their world manifests uh within their psyche um, and the very first level is tying up some loose ends from the previous uh, games. And you go inside the mind of a dentist. Okay. And so there are warnings before the level for people who have dental phobia. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Straight up saying like, hey, if you have dental phobia, this is going to be rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just so you know. And I don't have dental phobia. I might now. <laughs> Because you walk into that world and it's all gums and teeth and you're pulling teeth and putting them into places. There's even a doorway that is a at the top of it's like a mouth that's sideways. And then at the top is a zipper that you have to unzipper the mouth so it like spreads apart like it is gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't have dental phobia, but it's, I'm with you now. Especially with, like, I could see that playing with the original one because the graphics were, were had a... Had, had a basicness charm. to them, they, a charm, but it was also like it's still they're like, limited. Yes, yeah, it's, it's limited. Yeah, they were limited. limited by by the time and the exactly. technology, and also they weren't a AAA company. No, they not still at all. aren't. Yeah. yeah, and but nowadays you can make pretty good looking things on a pretty good budget, and right. yeah, I've seen what this game looks like, and yes. oof, it, oof. It at no point looks realistic. Yeah, uh, but it's 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 enough. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's stylized enough that like I wasn't throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> um. But also like a couple times, uh, Amanda was watching. She was just like, "Yikes!" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." Um. And I. But see, this is where I was saying about the art thing. I love that. That's their first level. Yeah. Like that's the thing they're telling you. Like, hold on, because we're we're going places. We yeah. want to get that. We want you to know what you're getting into. And I've done about two or three levels right now, and they're right. Not necessarily in the gross-out factor of, mm-hmm. like, ew, but just, like, what what your mind thinks is possible for them to play with, they go the extra mile. Wow. Um, I'll give one more example that's uh, not necessarily spoiling uh, the mechanics or anything like that, but um, they you, you, there is a hospital level, okay. which is all fine and dandy. Um, some things happen in the story, okay. and because of what you do... You go back into this person's mind who's a hospital, and now it's a casino. And it's the same environment, but it's twisted to be this casino thing. Oh. And you replay different parts of this level, but with this casino slant. And so it's a great imagination, not only of the level you just did, but it's also this really great commentary on the healthcare system. Oh, yeah. And stuff. <laughs> like the gambling and the money. And you go all over the place, all over the place from the maternity ward to cardiology, wow. like all these different areas are depicted from a casino standpoint. And I'm just like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. The way that they're like melding these two. And it's, it's irreverent still. It's funny. The dialogue is, it's, it's everything I could have uh, wanted so far from this game. Like I said, I'm only a couple of levels deep, but it's, it's making good on, on, uh, on what we backed. That being said, I had no idea it was coming out this week. 
Oh yeah, I, I haven't read the emails. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I keep getting the emails, and I'm like, all right, sure, when it's out, we'll be yeah, out. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. And then it wasn't until uh, uh, Mandy and I got Game Pass this week, which is big yeah. news. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to admit this <laughs> that I am part of the uh, Xbox team in one way or another, but I am, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't, anyway, you're fine. You're fine. On the welcome F- to the team. Oh gosh, <laughs> oh, I shuddered a little bit, but I'm here and I'm proud. I'm okay. I'll be okay. On on the main store, it was like Psychonauts available this week. You download on Game Pass. To which number one, I was like, oh crap, Psychonauts comes out cool <laughs> let me go read those emails and the second i was like dang game pass is really good yeah and the better it gets the worse i feel for acknowledging how good it is <laughs> as a playstation <laughs> diehard fan i can't there's just i can't say anything bad about you can't. it that is that is a game that i have not only spent a like good good amount of money on to back waited so long for it and on game pass it's just yours day one yeah and as a backer for uh, Psychonauts, they even give you a month free to Game Pass so you could play the game. Oh, that's awesome. Or anything oh, else you so want. Cool. Yeah. And I was like, again, Game Pass, you're doing great. <laughs> Gosh. Come, come on, PlayStation. You got to give us give us the PlayStation Pass. I don't know. The, the PlayStation ticket. <laughs> so you got to do something, y'all. This is this is getting away from you. It is. It is. <laughs> this is game passing you by, Ooh. PlayStation. Yeah, it's unfortunate for PlayStation. In just a few weeks, I will most likely probably be playing a lot more stuff on an Xbox. That's right, because as of today, Joe and I were able to order a Xbox Series X. I'm very excited to play for we're pretty. Ha- we're pretty happy about Ooh, it. Ooh, you guys been trying for a couple it. of weeks. I've been, like, actually trying, like... I didn't really look into buying them, but like, oh, okay. wow, like, like starting like three weeks cool. ago, I was like, cool flex, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> but like starting three weeks ago, I was like, all right, I'm actually going to try. I started following uh, like uh, Twitter accounts that would let you know when they're, when they're live. I started following like websites that would do the same thing. Uh-huh. And then I finally, like today I was researching my dragon and I got an alert and I was like, well, let's try this. And I tried it and I got it. And I was like, oh my God, I can turn off all of these alerts now. I can mm. I can unfollow these people from Twitter now because <laughs> oh, I don't need it. Just breathe a little more. <laughs> the bandwidth on your computer laid out a little sigh. A little today. sigh. A little, a little sigh. <gasps> yeah, it was nice. one less That's thing. Nice. But I've known that this game's been coming up because I have <laughs> I have Game Pass, so I have the Xbox app open. So That's I always funny. like like every couple of days I'll just refresh it just to see what new game has been put onto Game Pass. Yeah. And right below it's always a coming soon. And they have they've had Psychonauts 2 on there since the day it was announced <laughs> that it was coming to to Games Pass. Really? So oh, I've that's just funny. been looking at that like, yep, it's not August yet. It's not August yet. <laughs> oh, it's August. <laughs> and then I'm here like in two days. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mandy. <laughs> and it was actually what was kind of sad is is the the email that had my code for the free game was in my trash. Aww. Yeah, it was in my trash, wow. and I was like, Manda, I think I got rid of it." And she was like, "Check, check a trash." I'm like, "I usually un- empty it out," and then I was like, "Oh no, it's there." I'm so oh glad gosh! You didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> awesome. Um, but you've been enjoying it. You're looking forward to playing more yes, of it. Yes, I will finish this game, and in season three, I'll do a nice uh, deep dive in all things, and even yes. give it a ye old sandwich rating. Ooh. Give you a definitive. Uh, my definitive take on that game. I like it. And I think Manda's playing it as well. Awesome. Oh, that's exciting. We'll get two sandwich scales, possibly. That's right. Yeah. It's going to be in stereo. 
Sando stereo? I'm just picturing you holding two sandwiches up to your ear. Yeah. <laughs> just slap. Like 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 headphones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squeak. It sounds so good, Troy. It sounds so good. <laughs> I can hear the ocean. I was gonna say I can it's hear a, the cows. It sounds like bread. <laughs> it sounds like bread. <laughs> <laughs> ah, weird ocean. Must be the tide. It has to be. Has to We're be. finally on brand again. We are. We are sandwiches. <laughs> sandwiches. Always on brand. All right, so uh, I like dipping our toes back into that little that little ditty right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Let's go directly to our dragons now. Adieu, 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 adieu. adieu. It's the dragons of the summer. <laughs> it's not a bummer. Oh. It's the dragons of the summer. Uh, I gotta make my payment on my Hummer. Dragons of the summer. Dragons of the summer. Wasting so much gas. It's so much gas, y'all. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't even drive it that much. You can't. But I still lose gas somehow. You do. It's <laughs> just sitting there. It evaporates. Gosh. It's gone. I got I to gotta give that Hummer back. Anybody need a Hummer? It, it, just pretend that it's 2008. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. And then, and then buy it. Just, just go for it. I got it. I, I got it for free from a friend. Don't worry about how I got it. Just, <laughs> just take it from me. But yeah, we're all going to be doing an individual dragon this week. Yeah. And it's going to be, some of us might do a full-fledged dragon, like this is one that they would normally do. And some of us are going to be doing it on a dragon that, you know, maybe we couldn't find too much information on, but we'd love to discuss and, and, and talk about a little bit. Right on. And uh, and one of us is wait, going to be wait, right in between. <laughs> and, and for those who may not remember, or those who are just hearing this for the first time, dragon of the, our dragons, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Is our chance to look into uh, the industry and find individuals that uh, have a really interesting story to tell or have worked on games that we've enjoyed, just or a way for us to learn about people who are behind the scenes making these games we love to play and then tell you all about what we've learned about them. Yeah. We used to do this every single week. Every week. Yeah. Bonus summer. It's crazy, guys. Yeah, no rules in the bonus. We're not doing our homework over the summer. (laughs) School's out of session, damn it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? Let's start with Joe, if you don't mind. I do not mind at all. So so who's your dragon this week, Joe? My dragon of the week is going to be two people who established a video game studio in Italy back in 1993. It is Fabio Capone and Domenico Barba. Those are some Italian names. They are. <laughs> and these are the only two people who work in this studio. He's wow. an artist and a programmer. And the two of them have made a game that I am so excited to play. By the time this podcast comes out, this game will be out for two days. Oh, wow. They have been working on this game for on and off for 15 years. Oh, I love wow. that. And the name of this game is Baldo, Guardian of Owls. That's and I am fantastic name. ridiculously excited <laughs> about this game. What is, what is the so, game? I will get to Baldo okay, in a moment. Okay. So they are in Messina, Italy. Uh, they are the creators of Naps Team, which is an Italian uh, studio, a uh, gaming studio. And the two of them met when they were in their teens. And they kind of just hit it off with being a, a duo a partnership of of making the, anything they wanted to make. they The style of the art is very uh, Ghibli for some of the games. It's realistic for other games, and it's very like Joe Mad. If you read comic books, it's like Battle Chasers looking. Um, and the programming on it is almost as charming as you could get because everything is hand-drawn, and everything is programmed with these hand-drawn things. So it's kind of just liquid and fluid. Every game they've worked on is beautiful in its own way. They started off with the 16-bit Amiga system, and they wanted to originally, Baldo, the game that they've been working on for 15 years, they were originally making that for the Game Boy Advance. Wow. So it is 
it's it's yeah. been a while. It's, it's been a, a while. long time. <laughs> Wait, isn't Baldo the name of a movie about a dog? That's Baldo. Balto. Oh gosh, that's a, with a T. Oh god. So this is like Outer Worlds, not to be confused <laughs> with Outer Wilds. This is Baldo, not to be confused with Balto. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I also liked that movie too, though. So this has been fun all week talking about this game. Yeah, Joe first show, uh, told me about this game, and I was like. Was, is this about a dog? <laughs> and she was like, no, no, no. This is like a brand new game. They just announced it. I was like, what? But now Mind I'll, you, Brian's can... talking about a conversation we had like literally three years ago. Oh, it was three like three years, years ago. ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Because it it's been in development for so long. To be honest now, I just want to watch a movie about a dog saving owls. I or, no, was, that, like... was it called Baldo Guardian of Owls? Yeah, Baldo with the D, Guardian of Owls. Yeah, I want to see. I, I want to play this game, but I also want to watch a Balto saving owls. I want both. I feel like world. Balto would do that. So yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah, they cool. would. They yeah. Would. So this this team, the two of them made a couple other games. They made Iron Wings for the Switch, which is a very realistic looking sh- uh, shooter, like an airplane shooter based in World War II. It's pretty cool. Very realistic looking, especially for the Switch. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was like I was watching the gameplay. And I'm like, I really want to play this game because I kind of like shooters in general, like like uh, airplane shooters are kind of mm-hmm. neat, like the combat, the dogfight combat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But like it was so interesting looking and it looks like you do have to do a lot of the control stuff so i'm like i don't know if i could do the shooty shooty part with the controls part i'm not sure about that but it looked great so they also made a game called shadow fighter it is a game that's on a three and a quarter floppy so really yeah apparently it's amazing i could not find footage of it anywhere i wish i could they also made another game called uh, genkido kentaro's revenge which is also a pixel styled uh game but it's a, a setup like a ninja gaiden okay and it's it's very well known in Japan. They've done like five incarnations of that same character uh, in other, it, like in more DLC packs of stories and stuff. Oh, so gotcha, it's, gotcha. it's, it looks really cool. I'm probably going to play that game after playing Baldo because <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks really, really awesome. All of the art's nice for it. Yeah. Um, but they're the only two people in the studio. And so everything they work on, they kind of work on on and off. And they've kickstarted their last two or three games. And they've all it's all worked out pretty well for them. And every game they've put out has gotten great media scores. It's got great user scores. Everybody seems to like everything they do. But it takes them so long to make something because it is just two people. For Baldo, they got a third person. That was a composer. Oh, big yeah. time in it. Big time in it. Yep. There, the composer was Gianluca Marcuccio. I'll explain a little bit about Baldo. Baldo was a literal sketch of two words, and it's a his name, Baldo. It means uh, bravery and being bold in Italian. Okay. So he started off as a very simple sketch of a little boy with blonde hair, and it was really cool. They've been putting it on their Twitter, like all these old things that they worked on since it was 15 years ago, and it's it's gone across multiple platforms. And they needed a composer that would kind of make things in the style that they wanted and finding out as I was doing research is that uh, Fabio Fabio was a really big fan of Japanese animation like Hayao Miyazaki Ghibli studio Japanese animation what Uh most people saw when you see the trailer for Baldo is most people thought it was Nino Kuni they thought it was another Ghibli movie like type of game where the style was so cute and charming and all the characters are whimsical and they have like beautiful faces and like really it's very cartoony and cel shaded yeah and they said back when they were trying to make it in the game, the GBA era, the cell shading was kind of perfect for what they wanted at that point. And then when things moved to more realistic stuff, they were like, we can't really make the game for this. We can't really make the game for that. And then finally the Switch kind of came out and it was like they were moving in that pattern. They're like, this is great. This might be perfect timing for Baldo. This might be the perfect way to program for Baldo. And the Switch, Nintendo uh, backed them and was going to be exclusive on the Switch for, I believe, a year. 
And then the crazy pandemic happened and it kind of ruined everything. <laughs> they, were, they used to put out uh, tweets that were saying they were really sorry they have to push the game. They didn't have a lot of trouble with COVID, but they did still have shutdowns since they were in Italy. So they oh, couldn't yeah. go to work and they couldn't use their computers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, it did still interrupt things for them. So they had to push the game back a year. Uh, Baldo actually only got a release date one month ago. Okay. So it had been silent for so long that people were making videos about what happened to this game. Because three years ago, they put the first trailer out for the game and everybody was like, whoa, what is that Nino Cooney looking game? It looks like Zelda with a Studio Ghibli like twi- like animation style. Like, what is this? Everybody was really hyped about it. And then they heard nothing for a very long time. <laughs> so the one of the fun things about this game specifically is uh, Fabio had said, I read a story about how Shinguro Miyamoto, who had made Zelda as a child was play in the woods and go on adventures. And he goes, and I wanted to make that game of him being in the woods and doing adventures and helping the animals and doing like dungeons in the, and he was like, my imagination went wild. So Baldo was created basically as the idea that this was what he was doing with his time. So he said that it, it took a lot from Zelda and everyone has noticed it's, he said that the Ghibli animation style was something that he loved and his, his partner also loved. And they, they just kind of went with it on and off for years and years. They hit a lot of stumps along the way. They said it was very difficult to make the hand-drawn cell-shaded style be fluid enough to be a game that, that a small studio could put out, yeah. but still be beautiful enough to have the respect that they wanted from it. And it's, it's kind of amazing looking. Baldo's one of those dungeon action adventure kind of games and it's apparently an open world and I cannot wait to play it and it looks amazing and I, I just I hope that it's everything that they they wanted it to be because the visual of this game is so beautiful. Nice. It is it is awesome. And I will end this with a quote from him. Okay. He said, I've always loved Japanese anime and that style since I was a kid. I've dreamed about making a game that could bring people into that kind of magical world and no one's done it yet, so I decided I'd do it myself. He is one of those people, Fabio. Fabio is the talker of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Dominic doesn't really he's doesn't really say Bob. much. He's he's the yeah he's the silent. I bet you he's the guy that actually does all the like the the super <laughs> <laughs> like he's the one behind the scenes like hey, hey, hey. he's the wizard behind the thing. But the I I really appreciate that these two people spent 15 years of their life back and forth, kind of making something that they really wanted to the mm-hmm. way they wanted to, and they didn't have to do the only outsourcing they had to do was for a composer, yeah. because neither of them made music. That's awesome. So. I'm I'm excited about it, and uh, that is that's why they are my mini dragons of the week. Very nice, very Da-dum. nice. Uh, I will go next. So my dragon this week is Jake Solomon, uh, who is the lead designer of the XCOM Enemy Unknown, XCOM Two, and the new Marvel game just announced, Midnight Suns. Yeah, that was one of the the games I was looking forward to the most from Gamescom. Yeah, that Marvel game. And so Jake Solomon, when he was growing up, he loved playing games. His favorite game of all time was the original XCOM, um, which is a turn-based kind of, I'm just going to say like rabbits type, like Mario Mario and rabbits. It's, a, that game? it's a thinky shooty game. Yeah. It's, it's not a tactical. A, it's a tactical it's a, yeah, RPG. It's not a, I'm just going to run around corners and shoot. You're going to have turn-based options. You're going to like, kind of like chess. It, yeah. it kind of moves like chess. It has a grid. You move one piece forward or to the left and each each of your little characters have their, have their own properties oh yeah and then you shoot each other yeah absolutely <laughs> and the first one was known for being very hard like the original oh my one, gosh like, so dense. very hard it was made by sid meyer um how dare studio he? 
And Sid Meier, you've made enough. Stop. So much. So Just much. Go back. Why you got to do it, my yeah. man? Why you got to do you it? You made a whole civilization. What else do you need? <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's this dragon's name again? Jake Solomon. Jake Solomon, yeah. So when he was going to uh, college, his parents kind of nudged him slash pushed him towards pre-med. So he was like, okay, I'll do this. I'm going to go to college and do this. Right. But him going to college his first year was the year of 1995 which mm-hmm. was an amazing year for games. The internet was, was blowing oh, up. That's when the PlayStation came out. Yeah, the internet was blowing up. Uh, you had uh, multiplayer games were becoming a thing because of the internet. And he was like, I want to do this with my life. I want to be one of those people making these games. He was like in the middle of a surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just scalpel in hand, just like a spleen in the other. Like, I think I want to get the voodoo I think games. I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do gaming. that. Oh, one second. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, It's a level of psychonauts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be his level of psychonauts. (laughs) Uh, So he was like, all right. So he changed his his major to computer science. So he does that. He graduates. And he was like, all right, now where am I going to go with this? Mm -hmm. As fate would have it, Firaxis Games, which is where Sid Meier works, Mm. had an opening. And he's like, I'm going to apply. And he got it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was like, I, I did not expect to get it. Mm-hmm. And I. Sid Meier was the person he was doing surgery on. He was. He was. Sid Meier was like, this is good work, actually. Yeah, you I like know it. What? I, you got a future. I got this. I got this. Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was like, great. Uh, so he so he gets in there and he made it very well known that XCOM was his jam. He loved XCOM. Mm-hmm. And so he actually worked kind of hand-in-hand with uh, Sid Meier himself while at Firaxis. And he kind of became the person who would be like, Sid Meier would be like, hey, listen, everybody needs to do this. He'd be like, got it. And then he would like relay that to everybody else. That was one of his like major it, positions. If this was a pirate ship, he was the SME? Yes, okay. I would go with that. Aw, I love the idea of that being the Smee. <laughs> he was a Lafou. Uh, Lafou? Lafou. No, 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 no. He wants to be the Shmi. Yeah, he wants to be the Shmi. Yeah. yeah, agreed. So, so he was that. And so he was doing that for a couple of years. And then uh, he was like, listen, Sid Meier, I, I, love, you know, I love this game. I really want to give it a shot to, to bring it back. Because up until this point, Firaxis Games had only done games with Sid Meier in the name. Right. Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's yeah. this. Sid Meier's that. And so he's like, you know, I want to I want to give it a shot. I want to be able to, like, revive this. You know, XCOM is great. I love to, like, bring it to, like, how it is now. Dad, I want to drive on my own. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much. Come on. And so Sid Meier was like, fine. I'll give you six months. Here's a couple of people. Come up with something. Let's okay. see what you got. So six months goes by. He comes back to Sid Meier and he's like, hey, listen, this is what I got. You know, here it is. And so Jake Solomon described it as um, the curse wordiest curse word uh, like demo ever. It was the worst. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. He was like, I completely botched it. Like, oh, like no. looking back, he's like, I thought I was ready for it. I thought I was able to like think of stuff. But then as I was doing, it, I was like, oh, oh, this is hard. <laughs> this is really difficult. Because <laughs> not only is this really difficult, but I'm also pitching it to the guy, you know, who, who did it. He's <laughs> so, like, this is not Sid Meier's XCOM, just so you know. Yeah. So uh, Sid Meier politely did, like passed on it. And he was uh-huh. like, okay. He was a little crushed, but he's like, all right, fine. It's like another four or five years goes by. And he's, you know, he's gotten a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, he's not as green anymore. Mm-hmm. He's got some, he's got some years underneath his belt. 
And so the company itself was looking for the next game that's not going to have Sid Meier's on it. Like, you know, we're, we just want a game that doesn't have his name on it. Let's do mm-hmm. this. And so then he's like, hey, I, I, I think I could do something. And everybody just looks at him and goes, yes, we know it's XCOM. We, 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 we know. You we have know. a tattoo of it on your forearm. We, we, we got know you. what you like. Yeah, we, we, we know you've already we botched it. it once, my man. He's like, no, no, no. I want to try it again this time. <laughs> this time, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right. They're like, all right, fine. Let's you know we'll we'll give you another another thing. Uh, just make a like a not like a demo reel. Like, don't make an actual like prototype. Just just like make a video of what it could be. Give us a taste. Give us a taste. He's like, I got you. Does it? Comes back. It's also not very good. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Oh, buddy, Jakey boy! And they're just like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't it. But they, they, but they, they ran with it though. They're like, mm-hmm. all right, we're, we see what you did, but let's, let's, let's kind of refine this a little bit, right? And so that he was like really stuck on like making procedural levels though, like mm. every single level different, because he's like, listen, you know, I, this, I think this would be really cool. And the, the, the other people there though were just like. You know how long that's going to take? And it's going to look terrible. Mm. You know, this is the late 2000s. Like, procedural generations kind of, like, coming into it, mm-hmm. but not really. And he was, like, still like still trying to stick with it. He's like, no, no, no. I think this is what I really want. You know, like, we, we need to do this. And then, like, eventually, as it got towards the end of the development cycle, or towards the end, uh, the developers, or the level designers were like, no, no, we're not going to do this. You're just gonna have to accept it. Not happening. And he was he was bummed, but then he came to like realize no, that was that was probably for the best. <laughs> They're right. It would have it would have looked terrible. It would have played not that great. Uh, I applaud this dude's tenacity over yeah. here. Um, did he try to make it again? <laughs> <laughs> so so XCOM comes out. Right? Yeah, it's called XCOM Enemy Unknown. Right. It's actually a pretty big hit. It is. I remember. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it, it was. But this is the one that I mean. Like he, he eventually made one that they were like, "Hey, this is great." Yeah. Oh yeah, they released right. it. Yeah. Okay. So was it the same one he worked on before, or what? How? It was. It was iterated on. So it wasn't the he, very. He just first kept one. on refining it until on, it it could get the the stamp of green light exactly. And he got it. Got it out there. Good. He for got him. it out there. Good for him. XCOM Enemy Unknown. Smash it. Huge hit. Yeah. It was on the top of many game of year game of the year awards. Yes. Uh, back then, I remember. So. He's like, all right, so we should make XCOM 2. And they're like, okay, we can do that. You know, let, let's do this. He's like, but we're going to do it at the procedural levels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it back, damn I'm it. bringing it back, guys. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's think about that. He's like, no, no, I really want to do it. Uh, he's still on this. Listen, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna fail again. No, uh, no, 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 no. Obviously not. I'm a new person. Uh, so they, so they, like, they, they compromised with them. They did like some procedural generation, some not. And XCOM 2 comes out, even bigger hit because it is a little bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, it's got like some great like overarching uh, uh, things that you could do with it. It was an actual RPG. Right. Like, everything were, uh, you did. Pretty mattered. good story elements. Oh yeah, it. everything. Uh, and so then they just made a whole bunch of DLC for it, like right. just a boatload of DLC for it. And yeah. And then, then now it, he's now leading the new Marvel's game. Uh, yeah. Which is another tactical game. Like a, it's like chess with a grid and you move, move people across it, except it has your plane. Your pieces are Wolverine and blade and ghost rider. Yep. 
Like it's a, it looks really exciting. It looks amazing. It and, really does. And knowing his track record is, I'm, I'm, I'm even more excited about this game. Uh, what I love about this Dragon Brian is, is so many times because so many talented people in the games industry, you tend to hear mostly about the people that are like, and they came out and they were geniuses. Yeah, they're just beautiful. Or they, just... Yeah, they were they were coding since they were five yeah. <laughs> or something. Or they were in college for, for whatever and then they just started playing music and now they compose every video game ever made. Um, and so the, the idea that this guy kept failing is really relatable. <laughs> kept, kept failing and kept failing to, you know, his mentor. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah, yeah. The, uh, a hero amongst games yeah, hero. Is, is Sid Meier. So. But, but the only reason why I think he even got to keep going for it was because it was his mentor. She's like, it's okay. And they it's saw right. something. They yeah, had to have seen something, obviously, something obviously. to be like, go back, go back to the workbench, hit a couple more, t- hit it a couple more times, come back when it's ready. Yeah, hit remix. Let's see what happens. And it worked because those games are 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 fantastic. They are those really well polished uh, games from that genre. They are, they are. So yeah, that was my dragon this week, Jake Solomon. Right on. And then that, yeah. And then what about you, Troy? What what are you going to be talking about this week? My dragon of the week this week is Morgan Webb, former co-host and senior segment producer of the now canceled show X Play. <laughs> um. So th- personally, I, when I was thinking of dragon, I was trying to, I was finding a lot of like really big names in the industry. But then I was like, no, I want like a personal one, like yeah. one that that actually made a difference in my gaming perspective mm-hmm. or my gaming life whatever you want to call it and so let's all take a little journey back take a little journey back to troy starting college okay <laughs> i just got yep high school's done i'm moving to a new place i'm moving to orlando mm-hmm. um very excited i went to ucf and uh i get into my new um roommate situation uh we each have our own rooms but we're like shared space there's three of us okay and i adjust my parents you know unpack they go home and then i'm sitting there in this room by myself for my first night the first thing i want to do is watch tv but this is very special for me okay because i grew up with parents who did not have cable tv which in america at least where i grew up in the suburbs was like what, what like, do you mean? I didn't get any references. What, what, what do you do then? No Nickelodeon, yeah. no Disney Channel, not not even a weather channel. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up like not knowing a lot of the stuff that like the kids my age were uh, talking about. Ren and Stimpy wasn't wasn't on my radar. So I'm 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 there, and I turn on the TV, and the the place that I'm staying has like all the cable it has so much cable i have like four different hbo channels yeah <laughs> like that's how cabled up this place uh-huh. is so obviously i did horrible at school but <laughs> man was uh, did i really get to know those channels and i remember flipping through these stations and coming out of high school i was a video game player but uh, it was definitely something that was marginalized to mm-hmm. being very nerdy yes. something that was for kids yeah you all understand this this is our plight it yes. was our plight. It was our plight yes um and so it was not something that I really engaged in outside of just my own my own fun, you know. Um, so as I was flipping through these channels, I came across X Play, and there was Morgan Webb and her co-host Adam Sessler, and there was this TV show centered around video games, um, the industry behind it, them playing video games, them telling you what's fun, going to the music, playing weird like uh, side games in in the games and just having a good time with video games and i was like what i was just mind blown and they were so personable 
Like that was the yeah. thing. Like they were just, it didn't seem like nerds on TV. It seemed like, Hey, those are just normal people who like playing games. And they were, they were hitting demographics that um, I think were really important. Like Morgan Webb being a female um, gamer was good because I'd grown up not knowing any female gamers mm-hmm. or maybe one or two. And yeah. like, and, or, and my sisters and I was like the market did not like focus on it, it, it the market at that time was focusing on like young boys yeah and that sucked so to see a woman up there and be like oh hell yeah thank you and to see Adam Susser who was like balding at the time to see like yeah. an adult yeah. yeah like two adults up there talking about video games yeah. I was like great I'm now in college obviously I'm a full adult now <laughs> obviously I mean I'm living on my own <laughs> I'm living on my own. I'm I'm getting to class late on my own. <laughs> on my own. Um, and to see two other adults talking about video games was fantastic. So Morgan Rebb uh, especially was pretty cool because she actually stuck with uh, the channel longer. Her career went from she got there from uh, working at a dot com company. She went to Berkeley uh, in the late '90s. Got a nice. Um, in at Tech TV in 2001, and then uh, slowly became an associate producer and kind of worked her way up um, until eventually um, there was kind of this takeover from Tech TV front with uh, G4, yep. which was uh, a big TV conglomerate station, mm-hmm. um, you know, for its time. Um, and a lot of people got laid off, but not her and not Adam Sessler, her co-host, and they ended up becoming the mainstays of, kind of the faces of the uh, of that channel, in my opinion. Oh, they were. Um, so I just watched them, even out of college, you know? Uh, this is like 2003, 2004. So they kept on doing these shows, weekly shows, right up 2007, nine, and she went into other things. She became a columnist for FHM. Um, she hosted um, uh, answering blogs, on top of also doing a lot of different conferences. And she also started a new segment on G4 called G4 Underground, which was kind of geared towards internet culture and, and, and things like that. Memes were really starting to pick up in the, in the late 2000s. Like, they were. Oh, they were. Was, they, they were getting there. They were getting there. <laughs> People yeah. were like, we're going to make this a thing right now. This is what's going to happen. Um, and I've just kind of like, she's just been a really nice constant in the gaming journalism slash entertainment field. Mm-hmm. Like I know Morgan Webb is out there talking about video games and just being like, just this amazing positive force in a, what can be a really toxic downtrodden industry or culture. Yeah. And I, I've just always felt good knowing that I could uh, find her uh, on, on her blog or at her studios and just know that good is happening. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I actually researched Morgan Webb to do a dragon on her myself. Right. And we can still do a full dragon. Oh, this no, is absolutely. Just like no, absolutely. I'm just saying, my like, personal you said Morgan Webb. Yeah, yes. you said Morgan Webb. And I was like, oh, I actually know a lot about this because I yeah. also researched her. Yeah. And the the thing that, that struck me with, with Morgan was that because she was a girl and she was she was pretty and, and she was on TV and talking about video games, people just assumed she was just a face. She didn't actually play video games. Did they? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. This is that toxic stuff I was talking it, about. It was. Ugh. So, like, she would be, like, showing up to places, like, to either to interview people or people would just see her out in the wild knowing her from, from G4. And they would just, like, start, like, either berating her or just, like, a oh, you don't know about games. You don't know about this. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine the amount of mansplaining oh, that God. happened. It was so. And, that, and I felt 
like I felt terrible reading about that because it's like, especially those the early two thousands. She was trailblazing. Yeah, yep. Like being a uh, a face for women in gaming. Yeah, and um, but but she actually did play games. That's that's that was her jam. Yeah. she loved playing games. Yeah, yeah. I think when we do a full dragon on her, I, I learned a lot about her her personal game life um, before. Uh, getting into the tech and some of our favorite games, Legend of Zelda, Fantasy Star. Uh, she kind of kicked it off with Atari and combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's as full on a gamer as 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 as, as anybody else. And um, and but she's also got just an incredible work ethic. Oh yeah. Um, for me, I I had forgotten that you know it was her and her co-host who did G four, and I had forgotten that he was gone, and she was like. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> she just ran it. She just ran that thing for like two or three more years, if not maybe four years total. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just really impressive person. Done a lot for the time period when we went from getting our news information or our games information from print to internet. I think that having TV was a good like bridger between oh, those two. It was a great, great uh, yeah, gateway. And, and and she was definitely a pioneer in that field that that helped us helped us get to video content. There was a time where we just didn't watch people play video games. Yeah. And someone mm-hmm. had to start that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I can't I can't thank uh, uh, Morgan Webb enough for being um, for being one of those people who, who kicked off me enjoying video games without having to play video games because that's its own entertainment. That's what we do now as our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, our, and our Twitch. Yeah. And she also brought new people into it. Like you said, she wrote for FHM. FHM. Mm -hmm. She wrote for FHM and she wrote a gaming. That was her. It was a gaming article. Yeah. It was ask a gamer or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Once a month, she she would uh, answer a gamer's question. Yeah. About anything. But that was to an audience. It's FHM that doesn't normally. Right. Doesn't do games. Doesn't do games. (laughs) And so that was helping to mainstream it. it, It's yeah, the mainstream. And that's that's something that I saw in culture happen like in front of my face. Yeah. I went from being a video game player who is for lack of a better word, closeted, uh-huh. I guess, just not going to talk about it. It's just my own thing. Um, to kind of meeting you all or to, to watching, watching these shows and seeing on the internet, more and more people, my age adults who are playing video games and enjoying them and are not falling into the stigmas of what people are saying games are. And then that led to me meeting you all and understanding, Oh, here are people in real life that I know that also enjoy video games and yeah. kind of helped me be, um, more confident with my, uh, with my passion for, for, for video games and mm-hmm. not to be so embarrassed by it. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and and G four TV and uh, Morgan's contribution was uh, integral in that step for me to get there. Nice, nice. So that was your dragon of the week. Yes, it is. Morgan Webb. Morgan Webb. Woot woot. Man, we did three dragons of the week, y'all. That's Indeed. amazing. Yeah, we did. Indeed. That was amazing. Facts. Facts. Well, that will do it, I think, for this week's episode. But. Next week, we have our Season 3, Episode 1, Blowout Special. Oh, my. It's a spectacular. It's a spectacular. Extravaganza. Pull out oh all God. the stops. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to be doing a slightly new format. We're going to be doing all these other new things, uh, bringing some other stuff back. And it's going to be hidden on a multiple fronts. The podcast, the Twitch, um, on Discord, uh, Instagram. There's going to be a, a nice little... Nice little change, some some flux happening, as you mentioned, that's going to be really exciting to bring to you all. Some good content. Oh, it will. It will. And that's the place that you can find us when you're not listening to us. 
you can you can read us instead (laughs) (laughs) or watch us on the twitch the idea of someone transcribing our podcasts is a little scary (laughs) to me (laughs) like the full thing yeah like Here's a book of Taste of Dragons, episodes <laughs> three through 60. And then you just type in like a word, like, how many times have I said this? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, Premier no. will do that for you. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know gosh. they will. <laughs> but, y'all, thank you so much for indulging us, just the three of us, you and I and I. <laughs> and There's two of you? Yes, there's two Wait, of what? me. Yes. <laughs> Cloning was last week, Brian. Well, I'm... You said still you, here. You said you wouldn't here. clone oh, yourself. Oh, man, we don't know which one he is. I said I wouldn't. You know it doesn't what? mean that you know my other me wouldn't. It doesn't bother me it does which mean one your is other you. Me. That's exactly what That's it means, That's not what that actually. means, Joe. It totally is what that means. Words are just words, Joe. I don't have any oh, meaning. Man. Oh. More phrases from Brian. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> words have no meaning. hitting us. Boom. That's my quote of the week. <laughs> words have no meaning. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. This is wonderful. <laughs> so, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. And I am Joe. And we are The, the Taste, Taste of, of Dragons. Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good luck. Happy bonus summer, guys. That's right. So it's over. Going into fall. I think FIFA tournaments start now, don't they? Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast, a podcast for everyone's taste.